I feel like I've gotten to these phases, mm-hmm. but I don't realize that they're all related until much later. But right now, I feel like the thing I keep working with is the desert. Because, you know, like I'm from Vegas and I, I feel like this is the longest I've lived outside of Vegas. And it's weird not being able to drive out to the middle of nowhere from here. Like, I feel like if I drove 30 minutes, like I'm just like in Berkeley. Whereas mm-hmm. like in Vegas, if you drive 30 minutes, you're in the middle of nowhere, like in any direction. And uh, it's kind of a nice like resting like to be able to rest like from all the noise. I had a hard time like articulating about why what it was about the desert. Like it wasn't about the landscape. And that was one of the questions that kept coming up is like why the desert landscape? I'm like, I don't think it is about the landscape. So I try to sit down and like make these lists. And I realized it wasn't about the desert at all. It was about these towns or like evidence that people had been there at some time. that you go out into the middle of nowhere and then you'll find like a beer bottle, so you weren't the first person there. And then where do these things come from and who are these people? But like the boat in the middle of the desert, like how the hell did that get there? Because it's a, it's a real boat, like in the middle of the desert, there's no explanation for it. And it's just a really surreal, strange thing, but also this, this, this evidence of, um, of existence. They're like shells or like husks of towns or life. <laughs> like one of my earliest memories was sitting by the edge of the staircase. watching this like procession of witches really brightly colored so she had summers off so a lot of times we would just spend the whole summer in Hawaii mm-hmm. um, at my grandparents house which was haunted as fuck like my grandparents of course like every grandparents had rocking chairs because it's the creepiest fucking thing you can have in a house but they would rock by themselves you know so we went there as kids it was like my brother my little brother and then I have a cousin who's older and 
there, there was a den and that was the den we couldn't go into at, at night it was never really explained but we never really wanted to go in there either like it was just at, at nighttime they shut the den doors and that was just it so we'd sleep in the living room which was facing the den and you could see like just shadows moving a lot of times So I would tell my family this, like, I just saw this thing walk across, and they're like, no, 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 no. And it wasn't until I was seriously like 18 years old or something that we were having breakfast. We were back uh, there over the summer, and they were all talking about, like, oh, yeah, I remember that time when the house was exercised? The fuck? Like, what do you mean? This house is, and they were like, oh, well, we didn't want to tell you because, you know, we didn't want to scare you. And I'm like, but this whole time you made me think I was crazy because I would say, you know, these things and you told us it didn't, they were like, oh, those things totally happen. I'm like, thanks, guys. The story was, because my eldest aunt, oh, she, weird shit happens to her all the time. She's really superstitious. She won't talk about it. She's one of those people that wears, like, all these charms and jade and things to keep it away from her. But like just shit always happens to her, like follows her or something. And apparently it happened even when she was little. My aunt kept like waking up in the middle of the night and having nightmares and that kind of thing. And my mom just thought she was being a big baby. She said that one night, or they all woke up because my aunt was screaming in the middle of the night. So they all ran into the bedroom and she says that they turned on the light and my aunt, who's like a 10 year old girl, was laying in the bed, but like she was like compressed. Like they could see the bed like bowing as if something was pinning her to the bed. And she's screaming and like they could see that like the weight was not, you know, there's something on top of her. So my grandma, I guess, like ran across her and like jumped on top of her and then it just stopped. They're Buddhists, they called like the, this Buddhist uh, priest to come in and cleanse the house. I guess he said that whatever was in the house was older than the house and older than a lot of things and how he couldn't get rid of it. But I go back and forth between being really, really interested in it and then being really terrified. There was a, an interesting article I was reading about after the tsunami in Japan about how there was a, like a huge influx of people seeing ghosts. Spirits that are in the water because so many bodies were lost in the water, and the, but the article was written by a British guy, and the dude was like, oh, well, you know, these all the grief and everything is manifesting as these images, and it's like a collective psychosis. I'm like, maybe they're just ghosts in the water. Like, this shit is real, like, especially in this culture. Like, the way my family talks about it, like, it's just shit that happens. I don't know, I guess it's hard to find that kind of balance because, you know, it's, it's hard when you believe in things like that that a lot of people don't. Book art, like, people can't grasp the idea that, like, it's not a novel or something that, that they can just sit there and read. It was meant to be a book and it can only be a book. My friend was reading an essay by a furniture artist 
and this guy made chairs. And he was talking about the hardest part about explaining what he did was that people have such a straight vision of like what a chair is and it has a function. And so when it, he's making art, that's a chair, but you might not be functional. Like it blows people's minds because they can't understand like how this is a chair if you can't sit in it. There was a, really was like a, I don't know what they're called, I don't know anything about boats, but like a hole in the boat. There was obviously something in it that we could see, so we were like trying to like dare each other to stick our hands in there to see what it was. But like there's like rattlesnakes and all kinds of shit in the desert. But we did, and it was like a bag with a journal in it. I'm trying to approach it from a bunch of different angles, like a, like a factual, like this is exactly where it's located, this is, you know, what was written on it, or, you know, um, the time of day, that sort of thing, but then also, yeah, coming at it from like a, making up an entirely fictional story for it, and then also just to, to dealing with the materiality of it, about like what the texture is, and like how, because it's all rusted out, and like how long approximately I think it's been there. But I, I do think it's weird how things tend to, you know, when you think you have very different interests, mm -hmm. but then somehow they converge in these really yeah. weird ways. But I, I've noticed that a lot of times I don't really know why things make sense until after they're done. Mikilani Schroeder is a book artist, writer, and illustrator based in Oakland, California. You can find out more about her work at carrieschroeder.com. This has been the premiere episode of Wild and Unlikely Places, a podcast that explores the creative consciousness of a different artist each episode. Writers, musicians, makers, and dancers describe their process and share their dreams, obsessions, visions, and ghosts. This piece was co-produced by myself, Claire Calderon, and Imogen Teasley-Vlatten, with help from the incomparable Valerie Williams.